Bitcoin has its fair share of cheerleaders, but few are as consistent as Tim Draper, an eternal optimist when it comes to the practical use for and eventual price of Bitcoin. Tim is one of those guys you want on your team. At Virtual Blockchain Week, we had the opportunity to do a one-on-one -on -one with Tim, and he was incredibly generous with his answers and his time. He is here to pump you up. A new documentary about crypto is hitting cable TV this weekend, and Binance is asking people to nominate their favorite influencers for an award. I'm not sure if we qualify because there not, might not be a bad influencer award. So hop on the bad train for episode number 422 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. All aboard! The bad crypto train is leaving the station. How are you, Mr. Travis Wright? Man, never better. Just unbelievable in every way. Just spectacular, sensational, super so, sexy. Good bowel movements, you know. Completely clean. Everyone is perfectly tapered. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I can't see us qualifying for any influencer <laughs> award with this type of stellar content. But welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. That's Travis Wright. I'm Joel Com. We are the Crypto Clowns, the Blockchain Blockheads, the DeFi DoFi here for you. Heard in over 190 countries at least once. I was going to thought you were going to say in 190 households. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe more accurate. I got a really, really great interview. I think out of all the interviews we did at Virtual Blockchain Week 2020, this one with Tim Draper was just so great. He really is so generous with his content and his time. You know, we had somebody who, um, I guess got ill, couldn't show up and he stuck around an extra 20 minutes for Q and a, and, uh, is really nice. So we're going to get to that shortly. That is good. Did I just make a perfectly tapered joke with an interview with Tim Draper? The yeah. Same episode. That's great. Good job. Taper Tom. Draper. <laughs> <laughs> meant to do that. I did not meant to do that, actually. <clears throat> and as that the laughter tapers off, let's talk about our sponsor, eToro. If you haven't downloaded the app by now, why not? Badco.in forward slash eToro. We're chucking Bitcoin at you. You don't even have to duck because when Bitcoin hits you, it's not like it can hurt you at all. It just ends up in your wallet. All you got to do is open up an account if you're a U.S. citizen using the eToro app and go through our link, fund that account with $50 and then buy some Bitcoin or any of the other 14 popular coins they have on their service. Send us the information as you'll find on the page here as requested and we'll send you $50 in Bitcoin. Lots and lots of people have done it. Have you badco.in forward slash E Toro, E T O R O, O O O T O R O. So Travis, uh, Binance has a thing right now that they are asking people to nominate influencers for the first ever Binance mm -hmm. Influencer Awards. Yeah, and it's actually um, uh, doing it between the 25th of June through the 30th of June, the 30th of June is tomorrow. Right. So like while you're listening to this, like you got, if you want to nominate somebody from your, your, from the bad show that you listen to right now, now would be a great time to do it because you can yeah, one day. We have one yeah, day to do it. That's it. One day to do it. So if you'll go to badco.in forward slash influencer, if you are so moved uh, as the show tapers off, if you decide that, you want to go nominate somebody, anybody, Charlie Shrem, Peter McCormick, whatever. Um, Badco.in forward slash influencer will take you to the form. Don't wait. They're going to be announcing the winners during the Binance Turns 3 off the charts virtual conference. And this virtual conference is going to take place on July 14th. Very so, nice. So I think at least if, if one person nominates us, then they have a voting period. 
So there's going to be a voting period on the site there, it looks like, as well, that you can uh, then, if somebody if somebody did nominate us, which may, that may or may not have happened, but then you can go there and actually vote. So if that does happen, and it is past the 30th, you should still be able to go there to the link in the show and go vote. The prize for winning the award is nothing. That's right. Maybe a personal phone call from CZ. Yeah, yeah. You do need to have your email address from your Binance account to be able to do that. A uh, new documentary coming your way, courtesy of the folks at Dragon Chain. It's going to be a fascinating story, and we'll tell you more about that after our interview with Mr. Timothy Draper. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. And, and um, I, I dressed just like you today. Oh, no, that's not sure. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. It's very interesting. I wanted to stay sane through this whole thing. Well, I, people would argue that I w- I've never been sane. But anyway, I wanted to stay kind of balanced. And, um, and so what I do is I, um, I do exactly what I do normally. I dress up and I kiss my wife goodbye. And then I go to my home office and I close the door and I do all of these calls. And then I, I walk out the door and I say, honey, I'm home. <laughs> so that's that's the way we've been um operating and uh and it's actually it works okay um i feel like uh zoom and skype and all of these uh services have really blossomed during this time and it's interesting you get a time like this uh, when there's a, a tectonic shift in the world and uh, and people start getting creative. They start trying new things. And in technologies that entrepreneurs have been pounding for years and only got to the early adopters are now crossing the chasm. So people like the guys who are involved in Bitcoin wallets, they're they're expanding like crazy during this time. The people who are doing VR games and entertainment, they're exploding right now. Um, people are at home looking around for something interesting to do and there are these new apps new options for them and new possibilities and i think that has um that's that's the positive that's happened from all this right um that there are there are actually consumers that are trying to um try new things that's the positive the the negatives are obvious um we there were some very difficult choices everybody's had to make uh, the politicians have erred on the side of uh, you know locking us down and putting muzzles on our mouths and whatever else and uh and i understand that when hospitals can't take the patients um however now it's time to get back to work all the all the lines are flattening it's time to get back to work and it's time to take off the muzzle and go. Uh, this is a, a really critical time. If they do some like, hey, we got to stay space apart and put a mask on, nobody's going to go into a restaurant. Nobody's going to get on an airplane. No, they're just not going to want to. Um, and, and so those industries are going to have a really difficult time if, uh, if if we don't all just i mean they're already having a difficult time mm-hmm. but if we don't get back to work soon we've got a we got a real problem i wonder if you know after 2 weeks this may have been a major policy mistake to keep us all, all locked down um, first of all 26 million americans are unemployed now that was not the case a month ago it was maybe more like 4 um, Which is still a huge number. Huge number. Um, economic activity drives prosperity, right? Humans mm-hmm. evolve and pros- prosper. And then that extends people's lives. So what we've done by cutting off all that economic prosperity is we are contracting people's lives. And the healthcare industry is in di- a difficult shape now. Um, the every travel industry is in tough shape uh, the hotel business they're all in tough shape and we don't get our herd immunity so that the next time a virus comes 
we may not be as prepared for it as this time. And, uh, and there may be more deaths because the viruses evolve. They, they mutate, they keep coming. But if we aren't evolving and, and continuing to fight them off, we might be in a really difficult position. So I would argue it's time to open back up. Let's get to work. Let's all go, you know, spread our herd immunity and, uh, and get going because 26 million Americans unemployed is not sustainable. Um, it's pushing us toward a, a, in effect, a culture of need uh, a, a, instead of one of opportunity. And it's pushing us toward away from being land of the free, home of the brave and toward this socialist, almost fascist organization telling us what we have to do, where we have to be um, and when. Yeah, and we're getting so permissions, think, it seems like, instead of the existing rights we have. We're like, oh, we'll give you, we will, you know, this is, you have permissions right now to do things and some things you can't do and some things you can't. I, I want to I ask a question around the, the timeline of cryptocurrency now, because now it seems like, you know, when we were thinking about how long until paper money goes away and cryptocurrency sort of just hits the mainstream, we've had these conversations for a long time. And now we're at a point where if somebody sends me some, gives me some paper money back. I'm like, Ugh, there's germs on this thing. Like, like how, 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 how much have we sort of just pushed that timeline towards digital currency becoming mainstream as a result of this craziness? All I'm thinking is that there's, it's not that there's germs on it, but it is deep. This hundred dollars is decreasing in value because they're printing so much of it. So, so I'm thinking, wait, God, hold on to my Bitcoin, maybe buy some more because it's, it's at least an honest currency. It is 21 million. We know how many are out there. It's global, open, transparent. We all know how great it is. The dollar is clearly easily manipulated by political forces. And I've been saying this for a while. I had no idea that all of a sudden they were going to print $2 trillion of them and make it so that it, I mean, what does that do? That decrease, that, that in effect makes a dollar with 90 cents. And if they go for the next one, $6 trillion, it's gonna be like 20, 25% devalued mm. uh, against where it is today. This is a perfect time. And you know, Bitcoin wallets are spreading like crazy now because people are kind of going, whoa, you know, really they're printing three, all these trillions of dollars and then, that, that money, I mean, if I were to do this, I would have said, we're going to give everybody a tax holiday and we're going to extend everybody's credit. Uh, and we'll extend that credit and, you know, you're responsible for 90% of it or something. So people can keep, keep working and keep operating and living and spending and doing what they have to do in a time like this. And, uh, and with a tax holiday, people can keep investing and putting money to work and trying to make something happen. Well, instead, $2 trillion goes into the big bureaucracy and it's stuck there for favoritism, for like who, who writes the right, fills out the form the best or who you know, operate, operates under the exact rules that they need. Um, they, they created so many rules around it. We have to have lawyers determining what we say to the government so that we can get those loans into the small businesses. This is, this has got, got to be the worst nightmare um, that has ever happened to the world economy. And I think it's time to just get back to work. Is it intentional? Do you think some of that stuff is calculated knowing that the bubble is about to burst? Like there's been people talking about this for such a long time. Oh, the, the, the dollars, it's out of control. The economy's going to bust. Like we've heard, we've been hearing so many people talk about this. The, the everything bubble was just such an amazing book. I, I read it a couple of years ago talking about things are going to collapse. And like, it just almost seems like things just got pushed over the edge somehow. You know, I think, it was one of those things where people kind of needed a break, I think. Like, hey, let's take a break or let's, let's uh, because it was going, 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 and it was sort of overheating. Everything felt like it was overheating. Um, 
And so the virus was this big opportunity for people to say, okay, this is it. But hey, the stock market hasn't even been affected. Now, it will, but it hasn't even been affected to date. Um, it's, it, it seems to be going like this, earnings down here, stock market like this. It doesn't make sense to me. It's this weird thing. They're talking about a V. I, there are gonna be a few industries where a V works, but the rest of the world, the rest of the industries are going on a deep L and we're gonna have a lot of trouble in getting those 26 million people back to work going to be very, very difficult. It's going to take some time. It's going to take startups. It's going to take a concerted effort by venture capitalists. It's going to take, I mean, because big companies don't create net new jobs. It's all in small businesses. So we need to create more net new jobs. Now, the good thing is that people are creative. They're going to come up with interesting ways to operate and ways to work. Um, I do think that the government has to get the gig economy back on its feet. They can't keep saying you got to have this regulation and this regulation. People need to be able to go out there, do a gig, whatever it is, get some money, get that going, and start to build their career back. Boy, it's gone on way too long. And by the way, I mean, sure, look, if the numbers were millions and millions of people were dying. I understand this would be really tragic. It's tragic in the other sense because uh, this, this has operated as globally. Now in New York City, something really weird and unique happened there, but across the US, this is about an average flu and globally it's below average as a flu. Well, so those numbers sure seem like when you go, oh my God, 50,000 people. Like, well, wait a second though. Like there's been some times where like 120,000 people have died of the flu in America. And like, it's like, so it's all perspective. Not only that, Travis, but the, the numbers of reported deaths from flu and pneumonia are suspiciously way lower now. Our mortality rate for the year is actually down. And they're slanting... They're slanting some of the data. Oh, hey, here's another one. Could have been a virus, you know. It seems like there's incentives. If you have a COVID thing, then the, then the hospital gets paid a little extra. Oh, is that true? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they I, have I to am make very concerned. Beds. I, I am very concerned about what what we've done so far. Big political error, mm. and what now? How do they unravel it? How do they how do they face the fact that Hey, this was just a weird flu. And how do they get get us all back to work without forcing everybody with social distancing and the mask and the whole thing? Mm -hmm. I, this is really a dangerous time. Well, you, uh, know, you said in the beginning that Bitcoin, there's 21 million ever. And we have an event coming up here on this uh, Bitcoin clock. You know, the block having is supposed to happen on May 11th and there's been all kinds of predictions you know of what the price of bitcoin would be of course you're one of the ones before all this happened had some pretty high expectations for the price of bitcoin what do you think this having is going to do now well I, my prediction was 250,000 by 2022 or first quarter of 2023 that's my prediction sticking with it i'm very confident that that is going to happen the havening, um, it's kind of a fun name, havening. Or, or, or if it doesn't happen, you'll eat uh, a raw egg, right? Something like that. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, <laughs> I, I hit the 10,000 number right on the date. So I'm, I'm guessing that the, the spirits are with me. We'll see. Um, but the havening in, the, in history, it's been the havening has started to wake people up and they go, oh, it's harder to get this stuff, so and I need it, so I'm gonna get it, and now I have to buy it, and it goes up. It that doesn't happen for like there's a six month lag, so the day of the happening, I wouldn't expect too much of a change. Maybe people are anticipating it, so they'll buy it, but I think the um, 
during the six months after that, I expect um, a real, uh, real growth in the price of Bitcoin. So I, I think that, the, and I, I'm a true believer that we're at a time when people are starting to really doubt fiat currencies. We're at a time when people are a little concerned. You know, it's interesting. It's kind of an undercurrent where the government and the press are all saying, this is the way it is and go wear your mask and go do your whatever. And there's this undercurrent going, what they're doing may not be right. And then, hey, we're printing $2 trillion, so everybody's gonna be fine. And the rest of us are kind of going, what? Wait, $2 trillion? That's gonna dilute the value of the dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's mine, my custom mask. Hey, it's good looking. Is that pizza? It's pizza. Making oh, yeah. me hungry. Yeah. Man. If you're going to do a mask, you may as well do something fun. And I custom. figure you put Bitcoin yeah, on my daughter. My daughter runs a, 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 a design shop called uh, Lemon L, and she makes scrunchies and uh, does them in these beautiful designs. And and now she's she's designed some beautiful masks. So, um, you know, at least we'll look beautiful. That's good. I want to ask you this. So, so you've written some amazing books, you know, and you've invested in so many great startups. You've, you've had your finger on the pulse firmly for a long time, and you've seen where things are going before a lot of people have. So I would ask you this, like, say you were able to consult with the, the government in some way, the leadership of, of, of America, of what is it that we, what are some of the things that we need to be doing and, and, and how can startups, what, what can startups be thinking about? And, and what are some, just some advice that you would give as we, we, we hopefully turn this economical engine back on? Well, it's interesting because banks aren't lending um, to small businesses at all. Um, and certainly not retail businesses right now. They would never do that. So that's kind of a difficult, that's going to be a difficult situation. Um, Venture capitalists are shoring up a lot of their um, existing companies, knowing that they're in for a long, a long haul here, and not sure that cash is going to be around for them. And uh, and the the government programs are a little bit antiquated, and they are going to. Uh, there there was an SBIC program that I um, I got started with. I borrowed. Um, money from the SBIC program, the SBA, Small Business Investment Company. And it got me started in the business and it was a very efficient and very effective business um, program. Um, now it's much more complicated. I need lawyers to help me organize and do it. And, um, and the, the leverage isn't as good. Um, I think it, I mean, if you're the government, you do one of two things. One is give people a tax holiday. The other is uh, potentially guarantee loans uh, for small business. And then, and I think I'd look at it that way rather than more government programs, more money going into the government so that they can kind of create more friction to get it out to people. We need it now. We got 26 million people unemployed. They need money now. They need, they need uh, credit now. They need to get back into business now. Uh, and I think going through the big bureaucracy is not going to help us. And it becomes more of a socialist government, a government of, of um, need rather than of opportunity. It's, uh, it's, uh, everybody then goes to the government for their money instead of going out to the um, uh, going out to the private sector. And um, I it kind think, of goes against the rugged individualism that this country was built on, doesn't it? Right. I mean, we want all those creative people who are now unemployed to come up with something interesting and, start another restaurant or go do a, and we want those restaurants to be populated and not with a bunch of people who've got masks on. You know, I have a woman who works with me, a Muslim woman uh, who came from Pakistan 
And she said, I came to this country so I didn't have to wear that thing. And now I got to wear it again? What? Forget it. It's really hard to eat if you have that mask on. Yeah. That's why I have a pizza one, you know. Right, yeah. You, it, at least it looks like you're eating. Right, kill two birds. So, so do you think we're going to get a, a, a universal basic income out of this? Is there going to be a USD Fed dollar, digital dollars sometime coming? I mean, God, it's interesting. digital you want is you know, on its way. I thought that was kind of a, a cool idea to have some sort of universal basic income. But the idea of making it all in dollars is suddenly creating a, a culture of need instead of a culture where everyone gets it and it's there for everyone, you, me, everybody. And it kind of rises with the economy I mean, that would be the way, if you're going to do a universal basic income because you're concerned that AI is going to take all our jobs or whatever, you, you, would, um, you would start it maybe with crypto. Maybe you start with Bitcoin or some new crypto and you, and you uh, give it to everyone for just existing. And maybe you give it to everyone on the planet for just existing. And then it, it starts to grow as the world economy grows. And people start realizing that, oh, you know, now we can take care of one meal a week. And then it starts to grow a little more. And now two or three meals a week. Now we can take care of our food. Then it sl slowly works up to clothing and shelter. That would be the way to do it. And then if you do a universal basic income, you get rid of the minimum wage. Because what happens then is it, it opens up the entire world uh, for for work. I mean, that's what we really all want to do, right? We all want to work and it, the money, you just want to live. But um, if, if people are not working, that's when you need the social worker, you need the unemployment, you need the welfare program, you need all these things, the psychological counseling, all that stuff. It all comes when people are not working. If they're working, everything's good. You know, it's sure they're going to have a few difficulties, but everything's good if you're working. Everybody feels like I'm on this earth for a reason. I'm working. I'm raising kids. I'm teaching kids. I'm helping startups. I'm building businesses. All those things. That is a good feeling. That's a feeling that everybody gets. And then they feel emotionally good. They, you know, all that. Well, if you're going to do a universal basic income, then you allow, see, because the, the minimum wage, <clears throat> what that does is it, it stretches so that um, somebody who's 20 years old can't reach the first rung of the ladder because I'm not going to hire them to do this because you're not worth the minimum wage. But I want you to get a job and I want you to be employed and get experience so that you're going to be worth much, much more down the road. And, uh, and if you've got this minimum wage, then you kind of go, well, I, I can't hire you. I got to hit 15 bucks an hour. You're not worth 15 bucks an hour, but you might be, if I kept you on for six months, eventually you'd be worth a lot more maybe. So maybe they just keep printing money and then they are worth $15 an hour because the dollar's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people have come to me and said, well, so so if, at Bitcoin at $250,000, oh, does that mean Bitcoin's going up or does that mean the dollar's just going Yeah, the dollar's going down. Maybe both. Well, let, let's go down the, the creepy factor rabbit hole for a moment because we covered a story here a week or so ago on our news episode about Microsoft's patent for being able to put this chip that would turn your body into a miner. Did you hear about that? Oh, that's wild. <laughs> you mean you put it in your brain it's, or something actually, and there's enough battery power? It's injected into you. Let me see if I can actually find the, uh, the story here on it specifically so that we can, uh, we can take a look at it. Because well, then you could mine the, oh, that actually might work. You could, here, mine, here it is. You could actually earn the UBI. Um, cryptocurrency system using body activity data. So there's sensors in you, you're the device and communicates to a network and by doing certain activities, 
you mine whatever the crypto is. Oh, that's wild. You know, there's, if you, if you put that together with um, the healthcare data, um, you could start, it could start measuring all these different things in you while you're mining Bitcoin or what, whatever currency. And then you could have, um, it would <laughs> be kind of fun. And then it would keep perfect records so that then you put those records up into the cloud and it says, well, in addition to your medical records and your genetic history and your blood test results, we've got your Fitbit results. We know what you ate for breakfast. We know who you've shaken hands with. Yikes. We know, I mean, all of a sudden, that's really valuable information if you're sick. Yeah, that's, that's really it's really interesting. I, I looked at this when I first saw it and I put the two and two together, Microsoft, and you got Bill Gates over here at the Who, and he's wanting these mandatory vaccines. It's almost like they thought they said, Wow, well, we could turn sort of humans into this computer approach where maybe you don't get your UBI unless you get the latest Microsoft Who virus update and you don't get your <laughs> UBI and we turn your money earning off. <laughs> Well, that would be that would be a fair and free market. If you put this in, you get your UBI. If you don't put it in, you don't get your UBI. You be, you you figure out you better figure out how to make enough money to live. It's I'm okay with that marketplace. I have to show you this. This is um, I, I have been a vintage software collector for many years. And I even have some old magazines. Let me turn off my background here for a moment. I, I, should, found I should send you mine. I have some in a garage that's like a whole Lotus 1, 2, 3. If you have any Microsoft Windows 1, I would love it. Um, oh, I don't think I have that. This is, remember Boardwatch Magazine? Very early, it was yeah. BBS Magazine. This is from May 1996. And look at the cover. Oh, yeah, the Borg. That is Bill Gates as the boy. Oh, that, oh, look at him. He looks so young and cute. Resistance is futile. <laughs> you will be assimilated. This is 24 years ago, and he has become such a, a voice and proponent for how the world should live. I mean, I don't know why we're listening, why he's been given such a voice, but I find it a little creepy. Yeah, we. You, I mean... Having you have to put something in your brain or something, it does get a little creepy. Turns out that technology is one thing, but they there's another technology where you where you wear a hat, and inside the hat it's reading is it, is your brain waves. <laughs> <laughs> but it reads your brain waves, and uh, and then with with your brain waves you can um, you you can guide a mouse, you can. It, it can figure out your emotions. It's it's pretty interesting, and it is coming. That's um, really awesome. That's the, that's the magnetocephalograph, the that... where you can actually, it, it taps onto your brain, and, and so thoughts actually are things, and science has proved this, that every thought sends out these invisible signals that, that you could use to connect. It's just, it, technology Ooh. is so wild. Like, we are in the future, Ooh, you could, Tim. You, you could translate. You could figure out how to translate direct from brainwave to human, English, whatever. Mm -hmm. It could be a translate. That would be, that'd be a big challenge. That way, I mean, once you could do that, you could, you could communicate with the animals. You could, you know, if the Dr. come down, we can figure yeah. out how to communicate with them. <laughs> it, it would kill podcasts though, because you, you have to, you just have to tune into the thoughts instead yeah, of listening. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're, you're a big Bitcoin proponent, Tim. I wonder, and actually there was a question here. I'm in the, um, the Theta TV chat room. Shout out to all y'all watching on Theta. It's a blockchain-based uh, solution. Them and DLive seem to be the two that are encouraging streamers to earn with cryptocurrency. And uh, somebody here wanted to know, besides Bitcoin, what other cryptos are, are you a fan of? Well, I can just tell you what I own and what I'm uh, excited about. Um, I'm excited about, I never recommend anything because then they come back and say, you told me to go buy right. it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, so I love Tezos because it's, it's, it's the best system for a smart contract. And I think 
that smart contracts are going to be uh, a very important thing in the future. Uh, The amount of money we spend for lawyers kind of working through the laws and the laws are so complicated and the regulations are so complicated um, that we just have to use more and more. If you just build a smart contract into software, you don't need all that. You just say, here's the deal, you know, whatever, you know, we each split it 50, 50, you, you get half, I get half. Or, or if it's a complicated thing, like a, a song or a movie, um, everybody gets a little uh, crypto wallet and anytime anybody, anybody buys a ticket to the movie or buys uh, online uh, use of that movie, uh, that money just goes and, and shoots into all the wallets. Um, what are you showing me here? Oh, uh, just pulling up the Tezos site for people that might be wondering what it is. I know uh, I remember hearing about them a couple of years ago. I don't know what this is, but I see Baking Bad here. There's this logo <laughs> of, of a Heisenberg with a chef's hat on. So uh, shout out to those guys, whoever they are. Yeah, Tezos um, is the number 10 overall in market cap. Yeah. Yeah, it's, gr- it's come up. It's on a, it's on a big rise. Um, another one I, I kind of like is um, Aragon. Because what they're doing is, in effect, they've figured out a crypto model to create a jury, just a jury, a judge and jury. Really? And, uh, and it's interesting because then you, you can actually have a virtual judge and jury who determine you know, the outcome of some sort of dispute. And long term, that could turn into liquid democracy. It could turn into... Um, new forms of uh, uh, the judicial system. A lot of interesting things can happen there. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, as a bridge uh, maker, I think uh, is a, a, a good model. I, I think long-term we all kind of go toward Bitcoin and the, the purest model, but as long as we got fiat around, we're going to um, we're going to probably want some of these stable coins too. So I think that's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I feel for the guys at Facebook. I mean, they, they came up with Libra. It was a brilliant model. Everything was great. And then they ran up against the wall of Senate. And, uh, and I don't know if that'll ever happen. And uh, if it does, you know, will anybody use it? I don't hear that too often. People feeling sorry for Facebook. That's, that is not, were you an early investor? No, God, I was so stupid. (laughs) I I was the guy who bid them up. I, I started at $20 million valuation and um, some other bidder, (laughs) turns out it was another venture capitalist who I told about Facebook to. Um, and we, we bid each other up and I finally said too much, you know, it got, it started at 20, it got to 115 million. Now I realize 115 million was a thousand times on the money, but can't win them all. It's been a good career anyway. That's great. I want to, I want to ask one question because some people, some people talk about this with, with about Bitcoin is that, so when a, when a miner mines Bitcoin, then they got the Bitcoin and then they immediately liquidate it. So like they're, they, they don't have a lot of times they liquidate it because they got to pay for the electricity and, right. and some of that stuff. Right. And so the incentive, so the incentives seem weird. So now we have a scenario where there's just like a small group of people who can even afford all of that mining equipment, right? Little guys can't get into that. So now we have this Bitcoin. That's this really cool decentralized thing that the people who can mine the Bitcoin now is highly centralized because it's, it's so expensive to do. So, and then once they get the Bitcoin, they pull it out on the market because they got all these expenses that they got to pay to buy more equipment to keep mining Bitcoin. So it's like the incentivization of it is it's like, if you make it, you earn it, then they sell it and that drives the price down. And it's like, it's kind of this weird, you know, economy. I I see that. And, um, and you know, I mean, it's going to go in fits and starts because the things that are going to affect it are, yeah, the halvening because then you, you assume the price is going to go up, but the mining, they're going to have to mine twice as many Bitcoin Mm -hmm. to pay for it. And the other thing that uh, 
uh, might have some effect is every time Antminer or whoever comes up with a, a new chip that's faster than the ones before, you do have an opportunity to go in there and make some money for a while. Um, and then, you know, when you got quantum computing or whatever, there, uh, there will be other major breakthroughs where they are big opportunities for the small miner. Um, but in, uh, yeah, the, I mean, I think that the, the bigger miners are going to have a lot more influence, but the idea that the big miners are going to, um, you know, take it over or try to change it or whatever, um, doesn't make sense, doesn't make economic sense to them. So I don't suspect that there's going to be that thing that mm. happens. We'll I think it's going to be more small. And I, I don't think, how big a, a market share does um, Bitmain have now? That's a really good question. Uh, well, they are one of the biggest, uh, you know, unicorns. And last time I saw they were worth $19 billion, but I don't know how much revenue that, that equates to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm, sus- I'm thinking it's 30, 20, 30% market share. And people were worried that that was going to get over 50. But um, there are too many new things that happen that make it very difficult to maintain too much market share in the mining world. So um, I, think you're, I think you're good. And mining, you're, <laughs> being a miner is a rough life. It was a rough life when it was gold in the hills of California. And it's a rough life here because it's going to come you know, Bitcoin runs to $20,000 a Bitcoin and the miners are making a fortune. Then it drops back down to 10 Mm. and the miners are going, Whoa, what happened? And then it goes up to 50 and the miners go, it's great. And then drops down to 20 and they go, ah, so I suspect that that will continue to happen. So as a miner, you know, put it away when you've got it. And, uh, and, keep mining when things are tough because that's when that's when there are fewer miners and so less supply creates a higher price and you'll get more money out of that tim draper mining advisor well so if you've got this prediction of a quarter million by what end of 2022 right yeah or first quarter 2023 first quarter so that's two years from now yeah. What is the catalyst to see that type of parallel? No, no, for, first quarter 2023. 2023. Either, okay. either sometime in 2022 or first quarter 2023. Got it. I gave myself a, an extra a quarter. Little, a little wiggle room. So, which is fine because it's, a, it's a, a big number. What is the catalyst? You know, it's been since 2017, beginning of 2018, when we saw the all-time high of 20. What's the catalyst that will send it parabolic again? I think it's like open node because all of a sudden the retailers say, oh, you mean I don't have to pay two and a half to four percent to the banks every time somebody swipes a credit card? Why don't I, why don't I accept Bitcoin? And then, and then uh, and open node makes it so it goes off the, off the blockchain and then they do lots and lots of transactions and they bring it back into the blockchain. So it, it kind of goes off chain. So it can they can do 15 million transactions. You're actually talking, when you say open node, you're not talking about uh, the technology. You're talking about the actual company. There's a company open node okay. works on the lightning network that pulls it off the blockchain. And then they can trans, they can have lots and lots of transactions and then bring them back to the blockchain to get it um, accounted for maybe once a day or whatever. Are you an investor? Yeah. Okay, I just, I found it, opennode.com. Bitcoin for every day, opennode, the easiest way to accept Bitcoin. Um, so Lightning Network here, charge less than a penny. Charge as little as one Satoshi to monetize any digital interaction. Well, that's certainly a key. Having that type of success is, is what we need to make it so that anybody can be banked and send money without paying these ridiculous transaction fees. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and uh, once that starts happening, then people kind of go, well, wait. And then the retailer says, I'm going to give you a two and a half to 4% discount 
on if you use Bitcoin. So then, I mean, that was exactly how MasterCard and Visa took market share away from American Express. They charged a little less. And, uh, and people kind of go, oh, well, you know, you think that that doesn't make a big difference? It does. People will start saying, and then they're going to realize how easy it is to move money around. And then we've got this frictionless environment and they can move from country to country and they still have their money. They control their money. They don't have to keep it in some bank that has a lot of people very well dressed like I am. Uh, coming out of big, huge buildings that are very fancy um, that they're paying for. Uh, so they don't need that. And I think they're going to be very ready. And it'll be, it'll just like, they'll creep in. I mean, things like this, like this, this was a catalyst. There are a whole bunch of more people that have now, I, I keep track of these numbers, uh, a whole bunch more people are now, um, buying buying bitcoin with wallets so opening new wallets so they're experimenting now it takes a little time the software has to be built they have to build their own you know the software has to be built for a full economy that is as robust as the one we have for dollars and then it's it's over for the dollar there's a point at which you just say well look i can do everything here with bitcoin I don't have to spend that extra money. It's, it's, used, it's used anywhere in the world. It doesn't dilute when our country decides to print money. Uh, it, people will definitely get their heads around that. Mm. I, I want to ask a question just real quickly around DeFi. Right, because that seems to be such a big thing that's popping up, and I know there's companies out there uh, that's doing some interesting stuff. Kava, I saw, has, has been popping up that's doing some stuff even around Bitcoin. Where like some of that sort of smart contracts and stuff. There's some companies that are that are doing DeFinance loans on Ethereum. There's some that are doing stuff on on Bitcoin. What are you? What are your thoughts on that? Is that seems to be a new sort of mechanism for loaning money uh, without giving up your crypto? And it seems like that could be a valuable thing as we enter this new crazy world we're in. No question. As this whole financial world has to be built out around Bitcoin, um, you're going to see all sorts of decentralized financial packages. And so DeFi is the thing. And there are, and people are doing all sorts of really interesting uh, businesses around DeFi. Um, I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the ability to raise money in Bitcoin, invest it into companies in Bitcoin, have them pay their employees and suppliers in Bitcoin so that all the accounting and all the legal work all the way up through the food chain is taken care of. Uh, the, the smart contract, the whole thing. So I, I think we're going to get to a place like that. Um, and uh, in the meantime, there are all sorts of interesting uh, decentralized financial companies that are doing uh, everything from, uh, you know, commodity trading to derivatives to all the things that you see in the, the uh, fiat financial world. You know, what so you're saying, it, Tim, it's reminds coming, me. It's, it's just a matter of time. What you're <laughs> saying reminds me of this, uh, this matrix meme, which I just, I love what you're trying to tell me is I can trade my Bitcoin for me. There you go. Yeah, no, when you're ready, you won't have to. You won't have to. That's exactly right. Exactly right. You know, the decentralization is a really powerful tool. And I think it does have a long-term impact on the world. I mean, we, we talked about governments kind of overreaching here with a virus. Part of that is that they want to stay tribal, but we all know that we're now global. And... Uh, and these decentralized companies, there's a company called Unstoppable Domains that I've also got an investment in that um, is making it so that you can, in, in effect, have a dot .crypto after your name. You can be, you know, Travis.crypto or Joel.crypto. And, um, and with that, you can put anything down there. So it's free speech for the world. Uh, that opens up a lot of interesting opportunities and, uh, and it puts governments on notice. It, uh, it allows people to say like, 
free Tibet when they're in China. It allows uh, people to say something negative about the Syrian government or the Sudanese government. It, it allows that kind of discussion uh, where government can't come and pull it away. Mm. Um, and so it is a, it is, and they, it's unstoppable, unstoppable. Don't We're going to need more and more of that as we go along here, as, as you mentioned, up uh, with these governments sort of being, that's one thing that I've always sort of been concerned about, which is why I love crypto and the decentralized thing is that if we don't, just the nature of leaders, uh, historically, they like to, you know, the, the, if they can, they're going to be draconian. But now imagine draconian authoritarian plus a technocracy powered by AI. Like it could get really crazy if we don't sort of stand up and say, hey, we need to do the right thing. We need to decentralize as much of this as possible. And we start with finance and there's other areas. Now we start, we're getting into the de decentralizing of the web. And it's like, maybe we can save this thing. You know, I, it, that's the way, that's the way I'm looking at the world. The, um, you know, there are like three of these, George Washington, Deng Xiaoping, and Gorbachev. I don't know, maybe Lee Kuan Yew, but he was a little bit more authoritarian. They opened up and gave away their power in favor of the success of the country. We need that. We need people who are willing to give up their power for the success of their countries. And, uh, and, and so we are looking for George Washington's, Deng Xiaoping's, Gorbachev's. We are looking for those people who are saying, um, I am going to push my own personal power away so that this world can thrive. And that is gonna be a difficult sell for 99% of the politicians, but there will be a few. And I think they will lead us into this decentralized world. I'm, I'm, That's you know, optimistic. I I'm, hope you're I'm right. I'm hoping that there are a few that, that rise high enough. Um, boy, I mean, you, you look at all these debates and you think, well, what are they all? It's like they're, they're having a big party on the Titanic. Yeah, is this the best I tell you what, I hope someday we could maybe vote for presidential candidate Tim Draper, because I think your head's in the right place. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I would scare a lot of people. I, I, I don't know if I'm electable. Well, well you're, you're <laughs> welcome uh, in, in our circle anytime, Tim. Thank you for your generosity, for going over a little bit here, answering questions. We really appreciate it. Hey, I had fun. What site would you? My uh, people like to, here, my people. The, yeah, we're, we're your tribe. What site would you like people to visit to learn more about you? Um, well, there are a couple of them. Um, uh, Draper, you can go to just draper.vc. That's my venture business. You can go to draperuniversity.com. That's the, the school where we create heroes. And uh, we had to shut it down in the spring. I'm hoping that these guys let us operate in the summer. Um, we have, uh, and then Meet the Drapers, which is a new TV show. And we now have 6 million people watching, most of them from India. Where, where um, is this being broadcast? Uh, now it's on, now you can go to draper.tv and see it, but um, you, or you can see it on YouTube. But um, what it is, is I interview entrepreneurs with my dad and my sister, and my kids or whoever. And it's uh, <laughs> awesome. And we, we interview them, and it's better than that because you can you can go online and push a button and invest a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars through a crowdfunding campaign. Oh, how fun. In the company, Meet so the it's Drapers. it's fun. It's it's a kick, and it's rising. It's like a hit. So we'll keep it going. He's <laughs> a star of stage and screen. Tim Draper, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. That was really fun. And That's you great. guys keep at it, boy. We need more like you. Tell us to stay bad. Stay bad. Yes. Stay bad. <laughs> bad. Stay bad. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that's great. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Take guys. Care, Thank you so much, Tim. That was an honor. Timmy. Thank you, Tim. He's a great guy. I'd like to just hang out with Tim and, and have a drink, you know, off the record. Come on.
You know what? He was really nice and very uh, just a cool guy. You're right. I mean, he was just he just answered the questions. He was, you know, um, he was laughing, having a great time. And uh, he ended. He stayed over. He stayed like an extra 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's right. always got a smile on his face anytime you see him. And he's got, you know, well, he great. bought Bitcoin really cheap. Right. <laughs> that, that would do it, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, you might have missed getting in on Bitcoin really cheap. And we're not financial advisors and don't know where this is you know, going. But MobiPay is one of our sponsors. And they've created a pretty cool ecosystem to allow cashback programs on purchases using MobiCoin, an integrated reward and payment token that connects all fiat and major cryptocurrencies. And, and Travis, I don't have the news handy here, but I saw a tweet yesterday. Uh, Moby Pay has partnered with Verge, uh, the uh, the the crypto. Wow, not the publication. Yeah, I'm not exactly great. sure what the deal is, but they are definitely making moves into the space and building partnerships. Go check them out at MobyPay.io. It's M-O-B-I-E Pay.io. Claim your ten dollars in free MBX tokens for beta testing their new ecosystem. Wow. You know what? That to me is so fascinating. You know they got to deal with they they got some partnership with Wax. Now they got a partnership with Verge. They're doing some they're doing some interesting things. I think that uh, be nice to see them get rolling. They're on the verge of getting waxy. Mm, very Something nice. Like yeah. So there's a um, I've been getting press releases, several of them from the people behind this uh, documentary that's premiering on the 4th of July holiday on Discovery Science Channel. Uh, It's going to be at 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It's called Open Source Money, and it's a documentary series about the rise of the blockchain company Dragon Chain. Um, Remember, we had Joe Rotes, the president of Dragon Chain, on this Once Upon a Time. Well, I tell you, this is really sad news for me because I was a really big fan of them. And at one time, my holdings of Dragon Chain was uh, was in the was in the multiple hundreds of thousands. And then I sold it. It got over five dollars. And then I think I finally sold the rest of it when it was around five cents. Mm-hmm. So that's how good I am. That's why we are not financial advisors, folks. <laughs> Well, they are offering a grand prize, part of a digital treasure hunt for those who watch it. I guess they're going to be revealing clues. And if you want to see more about this, we'll leave this in the show notes on the website at badco.in forward slash 422. I love this. The the grand prize is 500,000 dragon tokens, which is currently valued at more than $50,000, which... um, at the time, once upon a time, when it was at five dollars and five cents, that's two point five million dollars is what it would have been in January two thousand eighteen. That tells you how far the dragon has fallen. Yeah, well, the and I think the series is going to talk about some of the reasons why because they were one of the targets of the SEC. Yeah, uh, and it kind of brought them down. But this is a five part series. And it it highlights the company's story. Uh, They're not a sponsor of the show. I just found this fascinating. People like Patrick Byrne, Brock Pierce, and Joe Rotes are going to be in it, as well as people from uh, Disney and Facebook. So I think it's going to be really fascinating. I just love to see these. It's such a great story, man. They got it was built within Disney on the board. They had the head, the the vice president of of payments from Starbucks. They're sitting right there in this in this in this close proximity to Bitrix, uh, in in um, you know Seattle. They had all this stuff going. They just looked like it was just the perfect storm, and then um, the Titanic hit. Yeah, yes, the iceberg, the, uh, the Titanic. Yeah, yeah. If I could turn back time, I'd go to January two thousand eighteen. I'd sell all my worthless shit coins and I'd be happy <laughs> as Tim Draper. <laughs> all right, Cher. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, well, as this show tapers off, <laughs> <laughs> after taper with Draper, taper. Uh, <laughs> the perfect taper with Draper. Thanks for uh, for listening to the show and sticking with us. Uh, we don't know who all of you are, but we appreciate you. And if you can just imagine, I'm going to say thank you 
um, and fill in the blank with your name right here. Mm -hmm. So thank you for nominating us on Binance <laughs> for listening to the show. We appreciate you. Stay tuned for our bad news episode coming up on Friday. And until then, stay back. Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I take back all the words that hurt you and you stay if I could turn back time. I mean, I need to get one of those share outfits she wore during that video. Oh, gosh, please, no. <laughs> oh, that, that would be horrendous. <laughs> right, go taper one. <laughs>